It is August 27th, 2018. This is the first episode of the show, The Trillium Sessions. Uh, currently don't have any intro music. We're working on that. But today, we're going to focus on uh, a, the effects of audio and visual mediums as it relates to the impact of news stories. This podcast doesn't really have any goals per se. It's just a couple of friends getting together to discuss politics and discuss uh, politically related concepts. Um, so yeah, listen in. So how have you guys been? Good. Good. Yeah. I'm well. Yeah, I'm exhausted, as usual, that's, that's pretty normal for me, though. That's the messed yeah. up part. Like, <laughs> It is normal for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, taking Friday out was a beautiful day. <laughs> so, You're a lucky man. Yeah. Well, um, there's not what looks like news. There's been some stuff. There's not I'm like kind of following, but not. There's no real like story story. Do you have any like story stories? Like, you know, it's like, you guys know what I do. Like, uh, right. Yeah, I don't follow stories in particular. I just on usually ongoing things. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that's yeah. maybe what you have in mind. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but you part of that? Cause I saw that you linked to a Yemen article. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Talk about that. I I didn't get to read it. Yeah. Well, the I, I I thought it was real important. I've been kind of. Uh, One of the things that I've been try I've been very interested in that story, the the uh, what's happening to the, uh, the population there, and I've been I, I think a, I, I give a lot I think a lot about how to get people's attention, and I always thought that very graphic pictures and videos are play an important role in getting people's attention. Trouble is, they're hard to look at, but uh, for those who can. Kind of bear it. I think it's important because when you hear about uh, the words human rights violations, war crimes, atrocities, people roughly know what it is, you know. But it's kind of abstract. It doesn't sometimes for yeah. some people. It's mm -hmm. just kind of yeah, that's what the Nazis did, and it becomes kind of even bookish or something. But when you see pictures or videos of people really suffering, you, it grabs you. And that often seems to catch people's attention. I think it happened when, uh, when Trump was abducting children, as I'll, as mm, I would put indeed, it. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, when people oh, okay. saw yes. pictures and heard an, uh, a leaked audio of it, I mm. think that people understood it already. But when people see pictures of uh, people being taken, uh, that grabs people's attention you know uh it said that that photo of the the young uh, nine-year-old girl in vietnam who was napalmed yeah that photograph apparently had a big impact on mm -hmm. people and so uh, there was this article mm -hmm. um that talked about the issue of we need to show very graphic pictures uh mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at this article, it's uh, it's it's hard it's hard to look at. Uh, some of the they show uh, uh, that some children look like after a bomb hits them, mm -hmm. and you could imagine 
Mm. And uh, a video of a, a grieving father who's looking at a uh, just a pile of bodies in a truck, and he's 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 like wailing and crying because his his I think his son is in there and his body is just limp and he and and, and you know so anyway that makes it real and I I was thinking that uh, it's important to do that not not to force it on people because it's hard to look at sometimes you can't really bear to look at it but for those who can I think it's I think it's important um, so I try to make use of pictures like that you know so anyway that's that's what's really that's why I thought the article was really important um, and that part applies not just to Yemen but but elsewhere uh, so but it's part but part of the question is what what gets people's attention and what makes people just say okay on to the next thing you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying so I've been mm-hmm. kind of grappling with that I think that in a way a lot of people can say on to the next thing too, because like you're so far removed from it, you know? That's right. Um, yeah. But I think that the visual aspect does help, even audio. Yeah. I was listening to the guillotine, right? And they were this audio of this mother. I think it was also an Indian who had lost her kid. And obviously, I don't speak Arabic. I don't understand what she's saying. But you can feel mm-hmm. what this person is saying. They played audio of, um, a while back, there was a uh, police shooting. This guy was in a hotel, was on his knees, and he was caught with an AR-15 pointed. This is here? No, 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 no. in America. It's in America. In America, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. Pointing at this guy who's on his knees. You can hear this guy. He's literally begging for his life. He's crying. And uh, obviously he was killed. Yeah. And the fucked up part being that he was not killed because of shooting this individual, but rather because on the inside... Of his dust cover, he had the words, You are fucked. That's why he was fired. Not for killing someone. Having you are fucked on the inside of a dust cover. Um, yeah, so I definitely think that audio and yeah. video can have a major effect on people. Right. But I think mean, people are insulated, <laughs> able to remove themselves. And I don't think it's because people are evil, per se. It's just like, you know, come fuck those people. But I think someone that can be. For your own sanity, yeah. You know? right? Yeah, yeah. Can people numb themselves? Exactly. You know, right. they can make themselves callous just so they can keep going. Yeah, because you folk on shit day in, day out, you can fucking just lose it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think that the that the the space that audio and visual documentation inhabits is a complicated one because um, depending on who you are it's both it's it's acknowledged um, or denied its importance is either acknowledged or denied um, or its value is either acknowledged or denied or its or its personal value is acknowledged or denied, depending on who you are. So I'll give you a good example. There were soldiers and probably still are in Iraq who would photo document um, just riding in the back of Humvees shooting people. Right. 
that they would just take videos with their cell phones shooting innocent people um, and just for sport. Right? This is a photo document, um, presumably for their own personal enjoyment, for their own personal reflection later. Um, you know, sometimes these videos get out, sometimes they don't. Um, and yet, it is a document, it is a social document. When it does get out, it yeah. serves the purposes that you um, would, uh, would, would find valuable, would find value in, in um, uh, as, a, as a social document, as a document useful for, um, for, for awareness, for, um, all kinds of uh, raising awareness for uh, foreign policy, for, for United States foreign policy, what are we doing abroad, um, in, in the way police operate, right? That's even more complicated because it is both acknowledged, right? It, it has to be acknowledged on some level that, that photo and audio documentation has some sort of value because the dash cams and body cams were adopted, and yet they're often turned off. No, they're not turned off. They're, they're malfunctioning. Right. Well, there, there lies my... my <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So there's this weird, complicated space where, okay, there's this formal process that... <laughs> That um, that the community and police department underwent, where they this technology was adopted. Therefore, that at least on some level, uh, photo and audio documentation of these of this what is essentially a violent con confrontation yeah. um, on occasion gets documented, and that it was acknowledged that documentation of this kind is valuable. On the other hand, it's subverted in all kinds of different ways. Right. And so, the, you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's all these different things that... Um, right. the, the, these, these documents inhabit all these kinds of strange spaces that, um, you know, that, that you're constantly needing these documents in, the, in this same way that you've... That you've, um, that you've Brought forward, right. um, and yet, uh, and it's it's this it, it resides in, in the minds of the population in all this complicated, uh, com complicated cognitive and emotional space. Mm -hmm. Some people want to see it. Some people find it uncomfortable to see it. Uh, some people find it as bizarre as it sounds, titillating. Yeah. Some people. Um, makes them angry um, at uh, some people some people find it um, anger inducing because they they don't like what our government is part of some people find it anger inducing because they don't like the fact that activists they, they were the activists right. so this is it's a, it's a very complicated um, the, the product of these images becomes very complicated so it's strange. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it will be reacted to and used in different ways. Yeah. But I mean, I guess yeah. I just, like, my 
my approach to it is that in order to in order to do something about these things, people have to know. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just saying that audio and visual has a big role in yeah. Yeah. allowing people to actually see what it means when people write words that an atrocity took place. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I that's what I mean. And and obviously some people will. And that's one reaction is, as with these police videos, is said, yeah, it's terrible that someone was killed, but it was necessary. So they'll, they'll turn it into that. Yeah. Okay, but at least see, and, you know, those, those arguments will take place even without the videos. But the, the videos, I guess part of it is what audience are you trying to reach? You're trying yeah. to reach people, I think, who will, will look at it and, they may not be sure, or their attention might be drawn away. But once they see see something, it becomes a useful way of informing them of something, the reality of something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. so it's not going to be perfect. It's not going right. to. But but I, I, it's important to know what what it is we're talking about. And sometimes the only way to know it is to actually see it on on video or hear it, because otherwise you never. Even me, it's hard to think about all these things and get a sense of it. Another group of pictures that's been coming out, which uh, I've been trying to post, is uh, is not people being killed by bombs, but uh, children dying from easily preventable diseases. So when you see a, when you read about it, it's it's terrible, but when you see a picture or a video of a child in a bed with IVs attached to him or her. Then, then you realize what they're talking about, and and if you yeah. don't, and if you're not aware of that, it's hard to even know what we're talking about. So at least make available to people. And interestingly, I mean, as you'd imagine, Democracy Now puts these pictures up. But interesting, lately CNN has been doing it for whatever reason. CNN, they have really, yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, maybe it, that could be part of it. It could be sometimes when things become so horrible, it becomes kind of impossible to ignore. And some people, see, the thing is about corporations, people who work on the inside, and I've we've all probably been there in one form or another, are human beings. They do have consciences, and, and they will try from the inside to try to push little things in. And yeah. that may be part of what's going on. So CNN, CNN actually, uh, I think it was, I think it was Jake Tapper who actually did a good report. He actually mentioned the U.S. role, uh, how the U.S. this is being done with U.S. Uh, bombs and weapons. It was kind of unusual for CNN, and it was it was actually good. It was a good report, relatively speaking. Relatively. So so you see little things like this. I think. Uh, I'm guessing do make a difference in waking people up. So well, I agree. But you're right; it will be used in different ways. But but even so, well, these visual and auditory, you know, and it's just out there, and so it's available for 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 consumption. Yeah, whatever gets produced. Um, no matter who produces it, right? And, and so, you know, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's the, the the real question is, is just access. You know, well, like, that's right. It has to be put out there, otherwise yeah. people won't see it. I mean, I, I, you know, um, one Alan Nair, who's a, an investigative journalist, uh, I mean, he points out that unless you you unless you continually ramp something 
Well, unless you constantly put it out, if you only do a story every now and then, people aren't going right. to remember you. Have right. to, you right. have to and I know, and, and also, you don't do that. I also need to know what I'm looking at. Yeah, right. I, I think right. that though, I think that no matter what legacies were per se, you know, what, what people see as, I don't really care about that. My thing is this. So it's poor. I said a couple years back. Um, the thing is, is that you know, people need to keep track of tweets and face successes and video and audio and all that shit because the thing is, is that at the end of the day, you know, as I say, history is written by the victors, right? But what if, okay, yeah, the victors write the history, but what if I've got a record, a written record, of audio record, video record, I can show you and be like, now these people are lying. And I can show you, I can prove it to you. Right. Here's what they have on, here's what's on paper. Here's what they're saying, out of the words in, in the video. Here's, you know, some more audio, whatever, whatever. But I think that's important because it allows us, you know, average everyday people, the viewer of politics, to go and to form not an alternative history, but rather when that time does come and the lies do start slowing out, say, no, you're wrong. And to, and it, what it does is it opens up a window of education for people, you know, who will hopefully gravitate toward it because, you know, this isn't uh, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, you know, we don't have to wait on the government, you know, and it comes out, you know, 20 years later, yeah. hey, that dude was lying to you. It's like, no, you know, within, you know, one, what, I was about to say one week, but like, let's be real here, one, two days. Sometimes hours. Exactly. Sometimes. It's like, yo, this dude's lying. And here's all the evidence. You know, some blog work. It's, you know, like ZR Hedge or Washington's blog or whomever, whatever, is out there being like, hey, this guy's full of crap. This person's full of crap. They're lying. And it's just important. Just, you know, for those purposes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm saying it's not important. <laughs> but but, um, but I'm, I look at it that way. I'm like, okay, you know, the mainstream narrative is going to be that narrative, but I want to go and form an alternative narrative mm-hmm. using their own sources against them. Right. Yeah, so. Well, that's <clears throat> that's a that's a that's a that is a topic that I'd like to bring up, um, and it may be too it may be too large to bring up during this session, but so nothing um, is too large, my friend. No. Although it is. Um, is the is is the question of um, and, and it's it's a topic that I've I've brought up in conversations with other other folks is that to what degree um, and, I, and I've wrestled with this because I'm someone who prefers to um, you know argue my case with with facts and logic as I know you do and. Um, and um, to what degree do all of you think um, that is effective in politics in general? Now, I'm going to limit this discussion with to the United States because let's let's just bring that down to to to, to U.S. politics. You know, we can. Really yeah. get lost if we Go if we allow yeah. that to 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 um, bleed outward into other um, to, to world politics. But 
know, even you ask how much does logic and arguing one's case logically and what facts exactly apply to United States politics. Right. In, 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 let's just love you, man. Oh, right. Right. I mean, in other words, what, what I'm trying to ask here mm-hmm. is, and, and, I, and I mean that, I, and I mean that in both senses, um, um, and I mean this in both, in both, um, in both the voting public, among the voting public, um, when they're when they're talking to one another, and also among politicians as well. So, well, they're citizens as well. So this is not, you know. Oh boy, is, uh, here's a thing. So these politicians they talk to each other, and then I do think that they talk to people very differently than they talk to you and me, as we're you know average people. We are the constituency. When they talk to themselves, I think they very well may use fashion logic to argue their case because they know that's the realm that they're in. Especially given the fact that most of these people, their backgrounds are law. Where, you know, at least in a courtroom, a lot of it is facts and logic. Not, well, not cold facts, not cold logic. But there is a majority, there's a, you know, you're, that's going to be like, you know, 80-90% of your case now. Uh, tell you know, people's emotions, social feels, that is tossed in there, but to a much, much lesser extent. The thing is, is that um, in terms of arguing your case, you don't really need logic per se, because the average American voter, you know, they, you know, I was talking to a friend also a while back, and I mentioned this before, but I need to mention it again, though, it bears repeating in the situation. So I was talking to a friend a while back, okay? You're just talking, you know, it's really already close to what we do in this podcast and alternative media because, you know, most people have kids, plural. They have jobs, plural. You know, and their weekend starts when their day ends. Want to go, want to go home, knock back a couple beers, probably a football game. You can't really blame them. And so when it comes to a logical one, it's like the average person are living that kind of lifestyle where you're constantly exhausted. And you know, especially nowadays where people are struggling just not to get Ferraris, but for just the bare, bare basics. You don't really not pay much attention to that shit. But you know what will make you pay attention? Fear. Probably terrify your ass. That will light a fire on you. <coughs> Well, yeah, I mean, this is Noam Chomsky's mm-hmm. point. He's, he's made this point quite a few times. Yeah, the point you just made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. People are exhausted. But, they, but if they're afraid, they will run. They will fly. They will drive to the voting booths and pull, press those buttons, pull those levers, whatever, whatever, because they are afraid. Fear is the way that they communicate. If you look at notes before during the 2016 election, and still today, there is an atmosphere of fear. People are scared, like, oh no, what Trump is them? Oh no, what are is them? Oh no, the Russians. Oh no, the Chinese. You know? Um, you know? So, and there's this massive element of 
fear that pervades American society today, where people are terrified. Now, who you're terrified of, or what you're terrified of, depends on, you know, generally speaking, whether you put an R next to your name, or D, or whether you're an I, what you mean, one way or the other. Um, so, but I think that when it comes to commuting and what does logic and facts work? Yeah. Not really. They <laughs> they'd be doing that, but they don't. They're just like, we're just gonna fucking pop you full of fear. But, so, so the news, so the news cycle. Fear. So fear. Fear. Right. Fear of the wrong things. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you should be scared, but not of the shit. You should be afraid of Washington for the Chinese. You should be afraid of the fact that your boss is actively screwing you over. You should be afraid of You should be afraid that you work 40 hours, 60 hours a week and still can't make ends meet. That's what you should be afraid of. What? You need someone like $100,000 a year now to just live. Freaking inflation. What the hell do you know? Have you, do you, have you ever in your lives, you're all older than me, anyone made $100,000 a year? Like, seriously. Well, I, I, I do. have. I do. That's not me. That's not me. No, it's not me either. But, um, I mean, met them but well, I, I guess, I guess what, what made me ask that question mm-hmm. was that you, you made a comment that something, it was a very brief comment about controlling the narrative something yeah. like that yeah. and I guess that in that of course is a is that language has been really since since I would say maybe the end of Reagan's term that's really that kind of language has really dominated American politics and it really no longer is a game of um, communicating any kind of substantive if, if it ever was, it, it maybe never, but I mean, but all pretense is gone, and now even now even people who even even people who put on airs of being a a uh, <laughs> an honest politician, nevertheless, will come step to the podium and say, "I am I am attempting to control the narrative here." I mean, it's it's a very extraordinary moment in politics. By, and by moment, I mean 35, 40 years is what I mean by moment. What, what I mean by moment, and uh, where where people, even folks who are portraying themselves as an honest politician, will actually tell you they will step up to the microphone on an international camera and say, "I'm here to control the narrative." It has absolutely nothing to do with facts, rational conversation. I am going to control the narrative now. My intent is to do nothing but control the narrative. They actually come, they actually are telling you that in a very, uh, as I said before, uh, it's, um, this is, I, this is not even me talking. It's just, I've read too much by, by, uh, uh, authors like uh, Naomi Klein, where she does a much, much better job than I can. Conspiracy not required. These are folks that is their stated, they're, they're not even hiding this. They, they get up there on the microphone and say, this is, I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, this is not, uh, there's no 
cabal. There's no, I'm, I am going to do this. There's no I am doing this. Uh, the guy from, the guy from, uh, uh, the, the, the CEO of, of Nestle. You know, I'm not going to stop unless all the water in the world mm-hmm. is, is privately uh, owned. And uh, this is not a conspiracy. This is, I'm telling you my stated goal. This is not, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure where the, where the, you know, so uh, it's, it's quite strange moment here that we're having. Um, the original, I mean, what started this was the question about the use of logic and, and yeah, evidence. Yeah. And I, I, like, when I think about the question, I ask, well, it depends on who's, who's using the logic and who's the audience. Sometimes there are audiences who, for example, like, like if you look at pub, like polls and public opinion polls, the public actually, if you ask them substantive questions, they're actually pretty logical and they look at evidence. For example, it seems for a long time most of the public is in favor of some kind of single-payer health care system mm-hmm. because they know that just from their what, what they've seen other countries do and from the way it's described, it will serve everybody, at least in principle. It will be cheaper and there's just, just good good evidence and reasoning behind at least considering it. Okay, so in that case, the people promoting it are presenting, I think, evidence and logic, and and much of the population responds responds by understanding understanding that. Mm. But politicians who largely represent, you know, the one percent or whatever you want to call them, don't want that because they want their rich friends to fill up their pockets with money. Right. So they make they make stuff up. And, right. and they try to distract them. That's exactly right. Bringing on the fear that mm-hmm. that uh, D was talking about. Yes, it is your name, D, isn't it? <laughs> okay. So, so, so I think facts and evidence play a role, but with certain people talking in that language and, and right. certain people listening. But politicians and powerful people don't. They're scared of that. No, Speaking I think they're scared. They're scared of an inform. Uh, Form the light public. Right. Yeah, and I'd say, and, and I'd say, fear goes goes way back. I mean, what was the Red Scare? You know, you know. Well, that was quite old American. Yeah, but but like <laughs> leaders, I I think, or everybody, everybody use. You know, if what does the, the local gangster use? Fear. You know, right. if you're in charge and you want to, you want to frighten people. So I, I I would guess that's just as old as as history. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, well, no, that's a good point, yeah, though. Yeah. That, that's a good point. You know, and that's why I limited my yeah, my no. question to politics because right. it's a, it's a yeah. it's a very good point that you brought up that, that, that the folk communicating that information about um, single about pair. single care yeah. and it's really interesting. We're listening to NPR yesterday in right. the car, and it's really interesting that you just bring that up because when those polls. Um, uh, when the, when people are polled on those, is that even in red states, yeah, um, some some of the deepest red states, yeah. a lot of those folks, um, uh, they, it polls very very well. Like Medicare and Medicaid poll really really well mm-hmm. in those states. Yeah, um, just because people use those services yeah. really really well, and a lot of the outreach is really well. But those are medical professionals. Those are people who work. Those are public health professionals who do the outreach yeah. and uh, get those people enrolled and so on and so forth. That's real rubber meeting the road in these people's lives, right. and then over here, 
This is, which is why I limited my question to politics. And, and then, which is exactly the dividing line that you just made. You're like, over here is the body politic. And this entirely different phenomenon takes place <laughs> over here. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care about everybody else. That's exactly right. They don't care. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. Do you need it? No. Just work harder, damn it. That's it. Then you can get the health care you deserve. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't look at the system that's making you work harder. Exactly. Just don't don't do that. Just look at working harder. Oh, and you can't work because you're not well? Right. Yeah, exactly. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, All right. So, right for now. <laughs>